Good evening, good evening. Thank you for tuning in to the No More Broken Pieces Network podcast. I am your host, Ramonda Moore-Brown. I am so excited about being back on the wall again tonight. I've been out for uh, probably a little over a month battling uh, sickness and illness and setbacks. But nevertheless, they don't call me the come get come back kid for nothing. I'm so grateful that God has allowed me to come back and do what I love, what I was created to do. I'm continually mending and just taking it day by day. Today, I'm so excited to have Miss Empowered to Overcome with us on tonight, Kimberly M. Faith. And as we know here on the show, we're not um, a stranger to technical difficulties. I came on and got ready to click on the show, and the entire prepared show was gone. So I had to kind of maneuver in a little backwards, which thus uh, the music playing first. But nevertheless, we have learned over the past three and a half years to go, to continue, to roll, to flow with it, to roll with the punches, and to keep on going to bring wholeness, help hope, and healing to women around the globe. At this moment, I would like to just uh, go over just a few announcements so we can begin get into this podcast on tonight. On tomorrow night, I'm sorry, Monday night, we will have the first for a while, Motivation Monday with Ramonda here um, at 8 p.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Central. And I will be doing that via Facebook Live as always. And we will have on Wednesday morning uh, the Empowering Word Wednesday with the amazing Minister Nicole Quarter. And we are slowly working ourselves back into the full schedule. But how many know it takes a little bit of time once the body has gone through trauma and shock to get back in the swing of everything. So God is faithful and we will soon be up and running um, as usual. We thank God for the woman that's coming on tonight. I'm so grateful for her. She's been around up and down with me trying to get through this sickness and get back on post. She's been so understanding and compassionate, which speaks volumes. Some people don't really care what's going on. They feel like if you're unable to do something that, you know, they'll just go on and, and, and not want to partake. But she was so gracious and so compassionate to just wait and let me get through those tough times. So tonight I'm excited about her and her mission and what she is doing right now in her community. And really uh, with young girls, um, it's so amazing, and, and, and women as well. I will bring her on. I've actually totally, her even her bio was wiped out. But who better to tell us about Kimberly M. State than... Kimberly M. Faith, I bring to you a powerful woman of God, Kimberly M. Faith, empowered to overcome. Good evening. How are you tonight? I am absolutely fabulous. How are you feeling? I am doing better. I thank God. I thank God for just being able to do this on tonight. I must apologize. I'm sorry. I have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six children in the house at the time. And they're just coming back from a Christmas parade. And guess what was at the parade? Candy. Yeah, so somebody might run through here. I do apologize in advance. But above all, if I'm 
first. Amen. So I thought I said just call her out there real quick because my three-year-old, if he gets a chance, he's coming back here. He's going to do it. <laughs> Amen. How are you? What's going on? I have to ask the infamous question. Who is Kimberly M. State and what's going on in your world right now? Well, I can first of all tell you that she is a woman that has been truly redeemed by the hand of God. I tell you, I am so grateful uh, that he not only called me, but he chose me, and I am truly grateful that he has allowed my past to be used to minister to young girls and women alike. So I'm excited about the awesome things that God is doing in me and through me. Uh, I am just I'm just elated. I, I truly am grateful um, that God has chosen me. That, that has been uh, on my heart so heavy here lately. Uh, mm-hmm. There's so many people that he could have chosen, but he chose me. So I'm excited about that. Amen. Amen. Well, I must say that um, I, I don't take it lightly, as I said, that, um, you know, people are so busy these days. And that's good, and it's also bad. Because you can get so busy that you're not handling the business at hand, and that's the things of God. But I can tell so much by your character, just from the correspondence that we've had. And um, God knew what he was doing when he chose you. He chose the right woman for the job. So I thought I'd just throw that out there. Because, see, we can know each other, but I know you by the Spirit, and that's the Spirit of God. And that's a woman of excellence a woman of passion and compassion, but one that gets down to business and expects nothing less from those that she helps, that she's encountered, than to see them succeed at whatever it is that God has created them to do. Now, if I'm wrong, let me know. But like I said, I know this in the spirit. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. You are there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Amen. So tell us a little bit, empowered to overcome. Everybody that I'm I, um, blessed to bring on the show, you know, everybody looks so beautiful, and you are absolutely a beautiful woman of God, a beautiful woman of color. Uh, um, and it, But I want to know, we all look a certain way right now, but we have to, as you, your motto is, we have to overcome some things to get to where we are. And, as, and I have found it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I found it to be true that um, – we can show them where we are right now, but when you let them know where you, oh, that what you're going to come and where God has brought you from, it makes them believe that they can do it too. So tell us a little bit of what Kimberly has overcome, whether it be in your childhood or um, teens, early adults, whatever it is that, um, that first of all you have to overcome and that pushed you into this direction that you're in right now. Well, Empowered to Overcome was birthed uh, from my past. Um, I grew up in a home with a crack-addicted mother, an alcoholic mm-hmm. father. Um, I was an only child for 21 years, um, and there was no one there to validate me. My mom was extremely physically abusive. Uh, so I was, um, I was never told I was loved. I was never told I was beautiful, never told I was pretty, never told I was smart. Uh, the that constantly rang in our home was stupid. 
And so mm-hmm. uh, not receiving that validation and that, that love and that bond at home, I sought that attention uh, from young men. And it mm-hmm. landed me in a soul tie on a sexual stronghold with uh, one of the city of Birmingham's most notorious drug dealers. Um, and I mm-hmm. stayed in that stronghold for quite some time. Uh, it was very abusive, but again, uh, I equated that abuse to love because my mom was abusive to me, so surely uh, that was love. So when he mm-hmm. hit me, I thought, okay, well, this is love. This is okay. Um, and I stayed in that stronghold, uh, and it, it was a uh, a really deep soul tie uh, because along with that, the sexual part of it came the natural things that I craved, uh, you know, private jets and trips to places I'd only dreamed of and money at my disposal, homes at my disposal, cars at my disposal, things that I thought validate who Kimberly was. I thought those things made me. I thought those things uh, told the world who I was. And so I, I, I did whatever I had to do to, to obtain those things, and that included uh, giving up my body, giving up my temple, uh, giving up my mind, my will, my emotions, my intellect. Everything about me I surrendered to this man. Um, and it wasn't until um, I got to a place where I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Uh, there mm-hmm. were nights I, I contemplated suicide. There were nights I even tried a suicide. Uh, but it never it never prevailed. Um, and then I just got to the place where I was sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I understood mm-hmm. it. until I got to that place, I wasn't going to leave. Uh, and it was nothing but the grace of God. It was nothing but the grace of God that I was able to walk away in my right mind. I was able to walk away. Uh, he ended up serving about 18 years of federal time. It was nothing but, hear me well, it was nothing but the voice of God mm-hmm. that I did not have to testify before a grand jury. I never had to go to jail, never went to prison. This was grace. And when God saved me, I knew then I had purpose. Because for him to spare my life so many times, there had to be something besides my flesh uh, that he created me for. And so I began to seek him. Um, I grew up in the church, but I grew up in a home where uh, we had to be perfect. My grandmother uh, made our family out to be, you know, we were perfect. Everybody in the neighborhood knew us as the perfect family. I mean, we were the family. But behind that closed door, there was so much uh, abuse and anguish and and destruction, uh, but we never addressed it. Uh, It was always swept under the rug. And so um, I grew up in church, but I didn't have a relationship with God. I had religion. I had that down. Mm-hmm. I could go to church every Sunday, smile, mm-hmm. you know, and say, thank you, Jesus. I had that routine down, but I didn't have a relationship. And uh, my redemption phase is when I really and truly began to seek the faith and the heart of God. Um, mm-hmm. And in that, um, my uncle, who was my pastor at the time, uh, just took me through so many different exercises in finding who I was. And so in finding who I was, uh, it led me to uh, my husband. And so uh, it was just it was just redemption, and, and it was grace, and it was just authentic love. It was genuine love. 
And in that love is where I found him. That's where I found who I was and whose I was and my purpose in life. And the very street uh, that that drug dealer destroyed, those were the streets God sent me back to to, to uh, shed hope and light and redemption to those people as well. And that's what I've been doing uh, since 2010. Wow. Amen, amen, amen. I tell you, your story, it, it sounds so much. Um, I have actually four of my children. I call them uh, my God-given children. and uh, They are adopted, uh, and their mother uh, is, in, is still um, out there uh, addicted as, as well. But we believe in God that she's going to come off of those streets and she's going to be able to see the amazing things that she birthed, that she gave Absolutely. birth to, things that God is using them to um, to do. And I believe in my heart that children like that, if they can get some type of guidance and some type of love, that they grow up to be some of the most amazing and most powerful men and women of God. I really believe that. Yes. And to hear your testimony, I'm so okay. grateful for that. And surely it gives me and my, and my family hope. So, Yes, indeed. So you have um, a mentoring program, which I absolutely love. Tell us a little bit about that. And some of the, the girls that you come across and that you mentor, some of the things maybe that they uh, experience and, and just the impact that you've made on their lives. Absolutely. Um, our mentoring mm-hmm. program is uh, entitled LAMP, and that stands for Leadership and Mentoring Program. Uh, and lamp mm-hmm. is, uh, I came up with that name because I water the lamp into my feet and a light into my path. And that's mm-hmm. uh, the core of our curriculum is the Word of God. Uh, we are very strict about that. We don't deviate uh, from that. So uh, when we present our curriculum, we let people know it is uh, the foundations of this curriculum is the Word of God because we, we understand that's what's going to heal that's what's going to deliver, that's what's going to restore, uh, and that's what's going to bring about peace and hope. So uh, we are now currently in a few of the Birmingham City Schools here in Birmingham. Uh, Our curriculum has been adopted into the daily curriculum at those schools, so we are currently in those schools um, uh, administering our curriculum. It is a 52-week curriculum. Uh, and it touches on various subjects. Uh, although it is a structured curriculum, we deviate according to uh, what's going on with our girls. Um, some of the, the topics are anger management, who am I? Um, we, uh, we, we teach the money management. We are actually, uh, this week we just started our Dave Ramsey course, teaching our girls about financing and budgeting. Uh, so we just vary. It varies. We teach personal hygiene, uh, and we do a lot of counseling, although it is a mentoring program. We do a lot of counseling because we are in inner city Birmingham, uh, and our mm-hmm. girls are dealing with a lot of issues that we didn't deal with growing up. Uh, there's, you know, the, the bullying is at an all-time high. Uh, anger is at an all-time high. Uh, and one thing I, I, that really frustrates me is uh, we run into a lot of people that call our girls bad. Um, And Mm -hmm. I have to correct them on that. They're not bad. They're just having some issues, and they don't know how to release what they're dealing with. 
So a lot of what we do is we peel back those layers to find out why they're anxious, what's making them tick. Uh, because until we get to the root, we're going to continue to have trees that are growing destructive limbs. So we try to get to the root of some of these behavior issues. A lot of our girls are uh, considered high-risk girls. So uh, we spend a lot of time loving on them. And I think that's how we built such a great rapport with a lot of the school systems because our girls, principals are not allowed in our sessions. Principals are not allowed in our sessions because we we have open dialect with our girls so that they can have that outlet. We teach them how to journal so that when they can't talk to us, they can at least write out their feelings, write out their reactions, their responses. So uh, it's a great program. Uh, We love it. I I absolutely love it. It is the core of of my purpose Uh, because if we can catch these girls at a young age, then there's a possibility we can break this cycle so that when when they are adults, we don't have a lot of what, what some of the adults are facing now. So we're trying yeah. to catch them young. So we're, we're starting in middle school, and, and it, it's been a great success. Uh, we, we've been measuring it, and so we, we, we're, we're having great success, and we're excited about it. That's amazing. You hit um, several um, truly, truly found to be true. I, um, when I, I adopted my oldest son, and and then my niece had another one, uh, I think two years later. Yeah, and I adopted her. And then she had another one two years later, and I adopted him. And then another yeah. one three years later, and I adopted him. So we have four children here that are um, totally different than the two that I birthed, you know. And But I had to be able to reach mm-hmm. everybody you know, to reach everybody. And one thing I wanted to be able to teach them is what you mentioned, how to communicate, how to express their feelings. And really, as much as they say I teach them, they teach me. And I know you can probably attest to this. These children can bring, they can teach us a whole lot of things, you know, if you're really receptive and open-minded. And I'm I'm just so grateful because I just laugh and and just like, y'all don't know how much you're teaching me. But, you know, our, a lot of our parents didn't know to do that, and they were raised in a different way. But to be able to talk and to listen oh, and to give them a voice, you know, and, and it's right. been difficult. But, you know, with some practice, I'm mastering it. But you just see the children just have, they, they're, they're getting their voice. They're finding their strength. They're able to stand up from, like you said, the bullying. And they have to decide what they're going to do and what they're willing to do, what they're not willing to do before the opportunity is presented. Because if you never thought about, uh, no, I'm not going to smoke marijuana because it's going to affect what I want to do in the future, you're more likely to be pressured into something. But if you can equip these Mm -hmm. kids to know what they were willing to do, don't want to do, what they're not willing to do to jeopardize their future or, like you said, to repeat the patterns of their parents. We have some strong, amazing young people who grow up and do some amazing things. Give me your feedback on that, Mike. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, 
one of our, our most popular uh, topics that we're asked to speak on when we have speaking engagement is choices and consequences. Because I don't think mm-hmm. kids understand or, uh, the consequences of their choices. So uh, mm-hmm. that one is really deep and intense. And we, we typically use dominoes, and we label each domino. And I actually just taught this uh, session on, um, on Thursday about choices and consequences, and it was the dominoes. And, and each domino, like I said, has a label, and, and it was so intense. The girls were literally terrified, and I, and I asked them, I said, are you scared? And they were like, oh, my God, yes, you just scared me. And I said, good, that's what I want you to be. I want you to be so scared that you stop and think before you make that choice because your choice is not just your consequence. It affects every person connected to you. I gave them the, the choice of getting in the car with their friend to ride to the store, and the friend's car is stolen. They're now arrested, and I broke down the consequence to that. It affects mm-hmm. mom and dad now because now they've got to come up with money to get you out of jail, so now the finances have been affected. It's affected mom's health. Her blood pressure is out the roof, so now she's in the hospital because she's on the verge of having a stroke, so now it's affected her health. Now your siblings have to go stay with grandma because mom and daddy are tired of trying to take care of you. Mom in the hospital, I mean, I broke it down and they were literally terrified because I wanted them to understand the depth of that that choice. It's not just, oh, I just get a... I'll get taken to DHR and then I'll go back home. It's deeper than that. And that's mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. I want them to understand. And so it, 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 it really hit home to them, and I'm glad that it scared them. Because I was so terrified that they say, okay, before I make this choice, let me think about who all is going to affect. And, mm-hmm. so, and, and it really did make them think about that. And that's, that, that was one of the things they said, okay, now you're making me think, and that's good. That's what I want you to do. I want you to think because it, it's such, it, it can be devastating. Just one choice mm-hmm. can devastate an entire family off of just your one choice. And that is amazing and powerful. I know when I, um, okay, I wasn't, I was nothing like my teenage daughter, and I'm so grateful she wasn't like me because I wasn't empowered. I didn't realize my value. I didn't know any of that, so I made a lot of foolish mistakes. But I was determined that if I ever became a mother, and I would do, do some things, and I, that same fear, I put it in her about the choices when it comes to um, your body, not being a virgin and the things that come with it and the baggage that comes with it. And I'm so grateful today she is 19 years old, and she is still pure before the Lord. And I have a 14-year-old coming up behind her. It's the same. It's about empowering them to make those choices and to realize what five minutes with a slick boy who is not telling you the truth because he is a boy and he is going to change his mind uh, and go through other girls. And if you do that, he may creep around with you. But, honey, the one he's going to take to his mama because she probably got discernment and can tell is not going to be that one that gave than what he wanted in those five minutes of pleasure. And I'm telling you, it it works. It works. It works. And it yep. took years for them to understand the power that you have. And when they know the power that they have over their bodies, like you said, 
Then there's a domino effect of good things that they then they know they can have control mm-hmm. over this. They know they can do this. Why? And it is a, a positive thing. And we need more of this. We need this thing to catch on like a wildfire because destruction, yes. pregnancy, diseases, and all of that stuff has definitely gone through the country like a wildfire. And you mentioned something that I want to hit on. You mentioned the word bad. And I'm telling you now, you want to see my kids go, oh, that word? <laughs> I, I can't take it. I don't even want to be around somebody and they call their own kid bad. I will say something. I mind my business. I don't bother anybody. But when I hear somebody calling a child bad, it it's like it's worse than running your hands down a chalkboard. Because I know so many young black boys, and it could be any, but I'm just focusing on, you know, the, what I've seen. So many young black boys yes, in, uh, because their family continue to call them bad. Oh, he's just bad. He's just bad. Mm-hmm. So that's what they do, and that's yep. the role that they're going to play. Now, you flip that thing, Absolutely. and you tell them how amazing they are. You tell them what they're capable of, and I'm a witness. Uh, I have a, a 10-year-old who was born addicted, born deaf, and yet he wrote a book at 8. It was published at 9, self-taught drum, master of the drums, and teaching himself keyboard. So the flip side of that thing is if you tell them, what they can do, mm-hmm. he, people, are, people ask, how did, he came to me with this book, and he's a dreamer, so we were like, yeah, yeah, okay, he wrote a book, and I sat there, we were at the table eating lunch together, and tears came to my eyes, and I knew that I had to get this book published, because I had, and, and I said, and I, I would even ask him, people ask him, why did you do this, why did you believe you could do this, because my mom said I could. Because mom, you said I mm-hmm. So I did say that we would be authors and musicians and ministers and people. And he said, and that was the only answer he could give me. And he gives, when they interview him, is, my mom said I could. Think about what our children That's could right. be doing if somebody told them Absolutely. they could. There is power in our tongue, and I don't think we really under, fully understand that. You know, I, I speak mm-hmm. over my girls every opportunity I get, even when they're not in my presence, I'm constantly speaking over them because Mm -hmm. I understand how powerful it is for someone to just believe in them. And really, that's all our our girls need. They just need Mm -hmm. somebody to believe in them. And if if we can start loving on our girls instead of so quick to judge them, so, so many of us forget that. You know, we were young and we did dumb things. And we're so busy saying they're bad, there's no hope for this generation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm going, so what if somebody said that about you? Somebody had to speak life over you because you're still here. And so that's why mm-hmm. I think it's important that uh, we all speak life over our kids, uh, even those that mm-hmm. are not mine. You know, I'm like you. If I'm in the store and I hear somebody say, oh, that boy's just bad, I'll correct them and say, no, he's not bad. Mm-hmm, he's not bad mm-hmm. at all. He just doesn't know how to respond to what he, he's feeling or what he's dealing with, but he's not bad. Dare you. I dare you to spend some time with him and find out what's going on. Why is he responding mm-hmm. that way? Why is he reacting that way? Why is he behaving that way? There's something yeah. that's triggering him to be that way or act that way. But until we start dealing with root issues, we just want to sweep stuff under the rug. We don't want to deal with the heart issues. We don't want to deal with our kids being molested. We don't want to deal with our kids being raped. We don't want to deal with 
the man that you brought home and told her to call uncle is now the man that's molesting her. We don't want to deal with that. Oh, my. Oh, my. We, we just want to put yeah. that under the rug and just and, and yeah. say that they're bad. That's right. Wow. That's I tell you. That I mm-hmm. My God. My God. It is. We got to get to the root of the matter. And as I say, I um, my mother's gone on to be with the Lord, but I I appreciate everything she did. One of the things that we were able to do together is to realize that there were some things that she just didn't know. She just didn't know. So mm-hmm. we know now, yeah. and then they'll know even more than we. And that, and we hope that that I don't know that domino effect. Bless me, but I just want to flip that thing now. We can flip that domino effect to be our whole pot. Of positive stuff. I'm really going to try that with my children. We're going to sit down at the table. We're going to do that. But um, it's so amazing to see. And it's not, and what I love you, I hear you say, my girls are girls. Because they're all ours. No matter, they don't have to be our birth children. They don't have to be related to us. They don't have to be our neighborhood, our church kids. They just have to be children. You invest in somebody else's child. Invest in somebody else's child who, if you're listening, invest in somebody else's child. And you know what? You know what I found? Out there is a little secret. There's a plus. I don't have to worry about my children. Mm-hmm. Because I'm always investing in somebody else's child. And God's going to make sure Absolutely. that thing is reciprocated to mine. It. It's going to be reciprocated to mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. what we you know, positivity and, and love and gentleness mm-hmm. and meekness and kindness, if we're sowing that into someone else, we're going to have to reap it back. So that's why I'm constantly trying to sow into the, to my girls those things so that they can begin to sow. And, and, and like you said, the domino effect becomes a positive thing because now I'm mm-hmm. speaking life into them. They'll begin to speak life into others. And just imagine the impact we can make in this world if we were all just speaking life into each other. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. I, I, that would just be so beautiful to me. That would be beautiful to me. Yes. If we can just all yes. get on that page of speaking life over each other, that would just be such a powerful thing. I think that would be even more powerful for the body of Christ. If we could just yes. begin to speak yes, life. Oh, my gosh. Imagine how powerful yes, the body of Christ can be. Oh. Oh. I, and my, that my, is my. correct. Tell us a little bit. I know you have the LAMP program. Then there's outreach. What is the difference there, or is there a difference there? The difference in LAMP and what was the other problem? What, what was the other one you mentioned? Outreach. Outreach. Okay. And there's um, outreach what, oh, what we typically do. Um, outreach is what we do, Our what the staff does. That means we go out and we volunteer mm-hmm. our services. Uh, we volunteer at a nursing home. We volunteer at various shelters. But we've actually adopted a nursing home. And today was actually uh, our uh, nursing home. And we go and we pray with uh, the residents. We have spa days with the residents. Sometimes we'll just take their meals. Sometimes we'll have girls' day where we just kind of hang out with them and we chat and watch a movie. Um, but that outreach is what we typically do. We give back. Uh, to the various uh, organizations, whether it be a shelter um, 
or uh, some sort of a feeding ministry. Uh, what we've decided to do this year for Christmas is uh, we're going to go to a truck stop and we're going to feed the truck drivers an actual hot meal, you know, ham, dressing, turkey, the, the whole nine yards because they don't get to spend Christmas with their family. So those are just some of the outreach things that we do uh, to kind of give back. Now, we do have another uh, small group that we actually just started, and it's entitled Living Single with Kids. Um, and it came mm-hmm. about because a lot of the girls that we mentor are from single-family homes. And so we mm-hmm. thought, you know, we're pouring into our girls, we're building them up, we're doing a great thing with them, but then they kind of go back home to some other issues. So now let's try mm-hmm. to dig into home life. And so we started, um, our outreach director actually, Cabrice Lewis, started the small group mm-hmm. living single with kids. And it's strictly for single parents. It doesn't have to be just a mom. It's for any single parent, a single mom, grandmother, grandfather, uncle, anyone that's just single and raising kids. So it has been a great, huge success. Um, so we have kind of expanded our timeline to include some other activities because the response has been overwhelming because uh, it's a way for them to network and, and talk about some of the issues they're facing being single parents, and they're bouncing ideas off of each other. Uh, I go in and I teach about time management because I am a stickler about managing my time, and I think that, that plays a role in parenting. I'm not a single parent, but even just being a parent, being able to manage mm-hmm. my time, you know, being a mom, being a ministry leader, being uh, an executive director of a nonprofit organization, being a full-time student, I'm still in school. So having to manage my time is extremely important because it not only makes me efficient, but it makes me more effective. And so I think mm-hmm. that helps with parenting. If we can be more efficient and, and, you know, conscious of our time, it'll make us be more effective in parenting. So that small group has really taken off, and it's been a great asset. One of the schools uh, that we have our mentoring program in has now adopted that small group, and they've even opened the doors of the school on weekends for us to implement that small group. So it has been just amazing. It is a great resource for the community, so we're we excited about where that's going. Wow. Yeah, um, I've often, I've, um, it's so amazing, the jobs that I've done and, and being in social services, sometimes, and I would go, it seemed like I'd get pushed in the area where I started out with behavioral health and addiction, then God kind of pushed me to work with children with behavior disorders. Then I went back into behavioral health and back into addiction, kind of weaving in and out of uh, this, you know, all uh, the same field, but didn't have a clue that it would all be what I actually do. But I mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. with my children, with my children, having my three-year-old. Um, I know we don't just rush to diagnose anything. But there are some different, each child is different, but there are some things he, he, I'm noticing with him. And if I wasn't exposed to that, I, I would probably be at my wit's end. But I can understand some things, and some things I can realize, you know, just have a different outlook. But if you're not exposed to those things, right. you, don't, you don't know. I would never, I would be so, feel like I was lost or, you know, what did I do wrong or, you know, but I understand that 
every child is different. But when you don't have any type of training in that area or you've never been around a child like that, it can be so overwhelming. And for a lot of these women that come from addiction and now they're, trying, they're being parents, they're being mothers, and they, don't, they didn't get it, you know, they didn't learn it. They're having to go back and learn things. And, and so I know that this, this will do exploits. And you won't be calling it a small group for very long. You will not. I, I promise you that. Uh, you won't be calling it a small group. But I often said I work with a mentoring program, and um, one thing that really bothered me, it grieves to me so, is what you just said. We spend all this time working with these children that go home to absolute chaos and dysfunction, and then mm-hmm. maybe get somebody to work with the moms, maybe. But most of the time, then the men are out. They are left out. But if Why? we're going to have the community we got to work to rebuild the family unit. And guess what? These days, that could be anything. It could be a single mom. It could be a single dad. It could be a grandma. It could be a family unit with other people inside. You know, the world today is just made up of so many different types of family units. But if nobody can reach them, it's dysfunction, raising, dysfunction, mm-hmm. raising, dysfunction. Right. And then the, Do you the feel scary the same part way about is, that? is dysfunction mm-hmm. part. When dysfunction mm-hmm. becomes the norm, that's when it gets scary. And so mm-hmm. uh, that was one of the things that I retreat earlier this year. Um, I do a retreat with my staff every year. Uh, and we sat down and we talked about that. We were like, mm-hmm. we're making great progress with our girls. We're impacting them. But we can't just hit the girls and not let this, uh, you know, flow to the moms, and so we, we brainstorm, mm-hmm. and uh, I must give Kabrice Lewis uh, much kudos because she wrote that curriculum for that that, that uh, for living single with kids, and she did a phenomenal job with writing that mm-hmm. curriculum, and it just took off and because we understand, you know, our goal is to make an impact on on the nation, and in order to do that, we have to get the entire family. We can't just get a piece of the mm-hmm. We have to get the entire unit. And so we're working, you know, piece by piece to go after uh, some of the other aspects and some other areas. We want to hit some targets with health. Uh, we know that diabetes and high blood pressure run rampant in the Af- African-American community. Mm-hmm. So we want to come mm-hmm. up. is uh, actually... RN, so we're working on, you know, some other curriculums to hit some of those areas, some dietary needs, because a lot of it is we just don't eat right. Let's just be real. We just don't eat right. And so I uh, notice I say we because I'm going to include myself. But, you know, I understand in order for me to continuously operate in purpose at full capacity, I have to watch what I eat. So uh, we need to teach our girls that in order for them to operate in whatever it is God is calling them to do, you know, their their physical bodies still have to be in, in good health. So, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. we're working to attract, you know, attach, attack some of those other areas as well so that we can get the whole person and not just the person. Yes, yes. Can I piggyback on that just a little bit? And it's so amazing how when I'm always – as I see and, and, and as you're talking, I can see things that have happened here recently. Not only how we eat, but how we deal with stress. And 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 yes. I don't 
I don't know about you and your family, but typical in my area, black, African-American, women, Christian women, I'll take it there, we're taught to be strong. We're taught to be in control Mm -hmm. of everything. And I'm just getting to a place where it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't matter. You know, we we tend to, they make parodies about it. They make comedians pick at it about Caucasian moms being a little more lenient, about them letting their kids do. Well, let me tell you, they're on to something. They're on to something. They don't mm-hmm. always, and I, they don't always try to control every single thing, and, and which means they, they tend to want, be more peaceful. They don't seem to stress mm-hmm. so much. My kids to be, like you said, that word. Perfect, look perfect, act perfect. I had to have everything in control right. and not realize right. yep. six children later, I realized some things. My three year old, I'm telling you, my three year old is in my lap right now because he was screaming. I don't know if you heard it. In the middle of this podcast, <laughs> eating a lollipop. I know that may not be the best thing in the world, but I need to do this podcast. And he don't understand what's going on. And, and we sometimes have to do something that I would never do. My kids, my oldest ones are like, Mom, you're learning. Yes, because I stressed y'all out. And I don't want to do that anymore. I see that that was sometimes we have to pick our battles, choose our battles, and realize it's not that important to get you so worked up that you're about to have a stroke or a heart attack over nothing. You have kids. They're going to break things. That was my what? thing. I can't anything nice. Well, guess what? You're on edge because your parents didn't look so rigid. Don't do that. Don't pass mm-hmm. that stuff on. Let it go. Yes, you raise them and you train them, but things are going to happen. They're kids. Life is going to happen. I have a big family. Sometimes the house is not going to be fine. Period. Point blank. Absolutely. Stress is killing mm-hmm. us. It is killing us. Yes. I see that I used to work with the mouth is twisted. One of them can't even talk from stress and high blood pressure. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Why? I didn't mean I to agree. get on my soapbox. It's really not. No, it's not no. Worth it. I mean, you, you've made a valid point, and I think a lot of the problem is uh, mm-hmm. we don't like talking about things. We just want to, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, oh, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we need to get to a place where we start talking about it, you know, talking about mm-hmm. how we feel. And we need to mm-hmm. find a confidant, someone that's not going to take that weak moment and hold it against us at some other point uh, in time. But we need to find, you know, that confidant, that prayer partner, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. people in our life that we can talk to and say, hey, now, I'm having one of my moments. I, I don't mm-hmm. feel it. You know, because there are days, you know, we all say, I don't want to pray, I don't want to read, I don't want to talk, I just don't mm-hmm. want to talk. But we have to have someone that we can say that to, and they say, you know what, I got you covered. I got you covered in prayer. Let it out. It's okay. Let it out. Get mm-hmm. out. Because mm-hmm. I think that's the problem we're hoping. And I am, it has really, I hate to say this, but it has really plucked my last nerve to hear people say, my stuff is so small. And I was like, well, that's part of the problem. Why you're so small? When do we get to a place where we, we, you know, we have to have this small little click or this small circle? And I think that comes in a lot of some of the issues that we're dealing with. It's okay to not have 99 people around you, but it shouldn't be to the place where it's just 
one person that you, you, you can help with? Is this one person that you trust? To me, I think mm-hmm. that's sending out the wrong message that, you know, we're just, Man, we've arrived at a place where it's just one person that we can, you know, hang mm-hmm. with or, or associate with. I, I just, I, I think that, to me, that, that, that statement is destroying a lot of us. Because we're, we're making people feel like, you know, we're at a place where they can't be a part of what we're doing. And I don't ever want my girls to think I'm so high that they can't call mm-hmm. me and say, Miss Kim, I just need to talk. My, yes. girls, my girls have my number. They can call me at any moment. And a lot of times they don't want anything. They just want they mm-hmm. don't have to be on the phone. And I don't mind because I'd rather for them to call me than to pick up the phone mm-hmm. and call that little boy that's itching to get in their pants. That's right. And, and when he finds some... them at their vulnerable moment, that's when he goes to move him. Mm-hmm. So we okay with that. But we got to get out of this place where we feel like we, we're so important that we can only connect with certain people. we got to get past that. And I think that's causing a lot of stress. We don't have anybody to talk to. We've made our first yeah. so small. We don't have anybody to talk to. That's right. That's that. right. That's good. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Tell us, uh, is there anything else about this amazing organization? I'm going to take it a little further because I believe this amazing ministry. Tell us anything else uh, that you would like to share with us about the amazing things that you're doing here with this um I'm um, some great things on the horizon for 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're excited about that. Uh, we will be restructuring the organization, so we're excited about that. Um, I will be releasing my first book uh, probably around February or March of next year. So I am super excited about that. It is an autobiography. Mm-hmm. It's going to be raw and real um, because I believe mm-hmm. in uh, being real with people. For so long, yes. we sugarcoated stuff, and that's how people are still in bondage. Um, so I'm excited to share that. I'm a little nervous <laughs> uh, because it's mm-hmm. not a biography, so I am a little nervous about that. But I understand uh, this is what God has commissioned me to do, and I understand this is not about me. Uh, this is about uh, redemption for others, for hope for others. So I'm excited about uh, the releasing of my book. So. Uh, just so many yeah. things on the horizon. We have partnered with uh, Birmingham Sister City Organization, which is a nonprofit organization here in Birmingham that is connected mm-hmm. to the cities outside of the United States. So we're excited about oh, that wow. partnership. We're excited uh, to be supporting some mission efforts. Uh, we are collecting uh, brown baby dolls for um, a village in Ghana. Uh, so wow. we're excited uh, to partner with them and help them do some things. Um, we partnered with them in the last few months to help fund the building of their library in Ghana. So um, we're just excited. God is opening doors. He's truly blessing. He's truly using us, uh, not for us to be seen, but for his glory. So we're just excited about the opportunity that he deemed us worthy to be used. Amen. That is absolutely amazing. I know um, I'm a part of a, a prayer circle that's um, early a.m., and uh, the apostle over there actually um, bought a book of my son's books and took him over to 
a girls' orphanage in Jamaica, and I thought that was absolutely amazing for those kids. Yet to see that it doesn't matter, you know, how your story starts. Your story can end any way with God. He can do anything through you. And to teach them not to despise their stories, not to despise their, and you mentioned talking. The most, I think the most effective thing that I've done, which is I got a lot of flack from the people around me saying that we shouldn't be, I shouldn't mm-hmm. be talking about them being born a dick yet. But when you're from a small town and everybody knows you, and instead of the stigma that goes behind, you know, them, like you being growing up with your mom in that condition, why not let that be a part of empowering you? And then it empowers other people. We're all empowering mm-hmm. each other. That means nobody's poor, nobody's lacking because we're all empowered or full of power and utilizing it, utilizing the power. Right. Before we today, I tell you, I, I, I really, before I go any further, I do want to say when that book is ready to release, please let me know. No More Broken Pieces will be behind you. We'll support you in any way we can with anything that you do. You let me know. You tag me. You call me, whatever, email me. And we will be behind you 100%. And I'm believing that I will be able to travel soon. This body shall line up. And when I do, I'm, I, I can't wait to be a part of things like that because I want my son to connect with those things. Our story is not about us, you know. It's about helping others. So that's it. But before we go, I want you to, if you would, take about a minute or two to someone on this line tonight or someone who will hear it in the archives. Their story may be similar to you or a young lady. Speak from your heart to theirs, whatever God lays on your heart, as a word of empowerment or encouragement right now, if you would. Absolutely. To the young lady or woman that's facing a situation that you feel is just it's hopeless. You feel like there's no way out. Um, you don't have any peace about the situation. You feel like this is it. This is the end for you. Always go back and look at God's track record. Always remember mm. there was a time when you thought you weren't going to make it before, and he brought you out. So always go back and look at his track record. I know it may seem dark. I know the load may seem heavy. I know you feel like this is the end. You can't go any further, but I'm telling you, if you will just begin to think about all the things that God has delivered you from in the past, you'll begin to remember. If he did it before, surely, and when the word surely is used in the Bible, that's a promise. Surely he'll right. do it again. God never told us to see. He only told us to trust him. So just trust him. Amen. Amazing, amazing. Thank you again for coming on and sharing. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for the impact and the selfless um, hours of time that you don't get reimbursed for, for the things that you've done out of your pocket. I understand a nonprofit. People don't realize it literally is a nonprofit. You know, before anything happens, you of your money, your own family's resources. I totally understand that. So I boldly say all the way here from Panama City, Florida, to Birmingham, thank you for what you're doing over there. Thank you for your heart, and thank you for turning your story around and letting it 
be a blessing for others. And I'm so grateful that God is utilizing everything that you've gone through to work for your good and his glory. Please listen to how that they can get in touch with you um, on social media or your website or whatever. And I would ask you after that, if you would please close us out in the word of prayer. Absolutely. We can be uh, reached via our website at www.etoinc.org. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as LinkedIn. So reach out to us at Empower to Overcome Inc. Let us boldly go before his throne. Gracious God, it's once again, Lord God, that we come to you. Thank you, God. We thank you, God, that you saw fit to allow us to see this day, oh God. You spared us with your grace and your mercy, oh God, and we want to tell you thank you. Now, Father God, before we disconnect from this line, we dare not disconnect from you before asking that you will forgive us for every sin, every thought, every deed, every response, every action that did not line up with your word, your will, or your ways, oh God. We ask that you are creating us a clean, pure, righteous, and loyal to you, heart, O oh God, with you a right spirit within us, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I ask that you would perform all of surgery on us right now, God. Remove the taste buds of anything that is not like you, O oh God. Right now, give us buds that will taste, for, uh, that will hunger and taste for you and you alone, O oh God. Your words, your ways, your characteristics, your traits, oh God, let us minister you in all that we think, say, and do, oh God. Tonight, God, as we lay our heads down to rest, oh God, give us sweet and peaceful rest, oh God. God, captivate our dreams, oh God. We bind up the voice and the hand of the enemy that will try to torment us while we sleep, oh God. In the name of Jesus, oh God. Lord God, I come lifting up my sister Rhonda to you, oh God, in the name of Jesus, God. I ask that everything that her heart desires, oh God, that you will bring it right now in the name of Jesus, oh God. Bless her home, bless her finances, bless her podcast, bless her ministry, God. Everything from this moment on that her hands touch, oh God. I decree, Lord God, and you said that if I would decree a thing, Father God, you will establish it, oh God. So I decree it shall prosper right now in the name of Jesus, oh God. Nothing shall be missing in her home, her finances, or her children, oh God. Nothing shall be lacking in her home her finances, and her children, oh God. In the name of Jesus, oh God, continue to allow us to be your will, Father God, not that we may be seen, oh God, but that you will get the glory out of all that we think, say, and do. It is in the mighty, matchless, powerful, holy, healing, restoring, and redeeming name of Jesus Christ that I do pray and believe that this petition has already reached heaven and been answered. In Jesus' name, amen, and thank you, Lord God. Amen, amen. Thank you again, woman of God, for coming on and sharing your story. Keep doing what you're doing. We speak blessings over everything that your hand shall touch. Even before you can get it out of your mouth, we pray that somebody is there to meet every need. In Jesus' name we pray. Until next week, be encouraged, but most of all, allow the God of all creation, your heavenly Father, to make you Home. Amen.